And the time to start, if you're not living your dream, is right now. Start setting goals and setting out where you set in the course of your life and setting it all up so that you get somewhere in the future. When all that comes together, something happens called fulfillment. If you are not experiencing awesomeness in every aspect of your life, it's just from an internal block or barrier disconnect that you've chosen to take on. Life is as easy or as hard as we want to make it. And I got my hands and my eyeballs and my heart around any information I could around holistic healing. And that led me down a never-ending rabbit hole of which I'm still spelunking into the depths of. I needed something like ayahuasca to really wake me up because I was very rigid and very stuck in my ways and very structured and controlling. And my first ayahuasca ceremony cracked my ego in a billion pieces. And uh, that's when I believe when you when we really follow our deepest truth, when we really follow our soul, when we really follow our true calling, the universe rises to support us moment to moment to moment. Welcome to the Holistic Health and Human Potential Podcast. I am your host, Ronnie Landis. I'm an international speaker, author of multiple books, an integrative nutritionist, a transformation and embodiment coach, and simply a man who has devoted most of my life to the study, application, and integration of human potential. And it is my biggest inspiration to bring you weekly episodes that will expand your mind, challenge your paradigm, deepen your heart, and help you to embody the greatest version of yourself as I believe you are meant to do something incredible with your life and this podcast exists simply to support you on that journey. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to episode 106 of the Holistic Health and Human Potential podcast. I am your host, Ronnie Landis. We have an absolutely incredible and insightful interview with Dr. Matt Kreinheider. And before we dive into that, I want to let you know that this show is sponsored by a company called Neurohacker Collective, and they produce the single best, in my opinion, of course, the single best nootropic brain enhancement and really brain health supportive product that I have ever come across and something that I use regularly. Otherwise, I would not promote it. And you can find more information about this product at neurohacker.com. And you can read up on it, see all the testimonials, see the research. And if it resonates with you and is something that you want to experiment with, you can use the coupon code HUMANPOTENTIAL at the checkout and receive 10% off your first order. Again, the coupon code is HUMANPOTENTIAL. And then also, if you have not done so already, I would love to ask you for your support by leaving us a quick review. And you can do that on your iPhone app or you can do that on your iTunes app on your computer. And every time someone leaves a positive review for this podcast, it increases the visibility and accessibility of this show to people all over the world that are looking up some of the topics that we deal with on a regular basis on this show. And with well over a hundred episodes, we pretty much have covered every dimension of the holistic health and transformational conversations, yet we keep bringing more interviews up for you. So if you if you really appreciate that, I would love to ask for your support in helping us get this out to more people in the world. 
So without further ado, we are going to hop into this uh, interview with Dr. Matt Kreinheider, and we talk about spiritual hacking and mind-body optimization. And Dr. Matt is just a wealth of knowledge, of insight, um, both spiritually and physiologically. He has a very interesting background and an interesting approach to the healing arts, and I know that you are going to get a lot out of this conversation. So, without further ado, enjoy this interview between me and Dr. Matt Kreinheider. Dr. Matt Kreinheider is a transformational healer, speaker, and coach. He has a doctorate in chiropractic, a master's degree in acupuncture, and is professionally written for publications all over the globe. Dr. Matt is trained at the highest levels of network spinal analysis and mentored under Donnie Epstein, one of the world's most renowned healers. Dr. Matt helps entrepreneurs and high performers step into the next level of who their soul is calling them to be. His upcoming book, Awakening the Mystics, is a design to reignite the mystic archetype in a modern context and is specifically speaking to those people who are ready willing and able to make a difference in the world and propel us into the new era of enlightened leadership. Thank you so much for coming on to the show. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you. Yeah, I've been looking forward to this for a while and then just the perfect opportunity to invite you into this uh, conversation just yeah. showed up and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to where this is going to take us. Yeah, me too. My senses will have a, a delicious winding path of, of unfolding here. So excited. Awesome. Um, the first thing I want to discuss with you is around your background. Right. And this is the first conversation on this podcast. I think this is getting close to episode like 106 or 7 or, wow. or something like that. Obviously, we'll know what that is by the time this is released. <laughs> but we've done a lot of interviews with a lot of luminaries in all different fields and this is the first time we're actually talking about um, chiropractic mm. and you have a very specific a very unique um, way that you work with people through network spinal analysis which I had an experience with years ago through um, Dr. Eli mm -hmm. in Los Angeles who yeah. also trained with Donnie Epstein and uh, so I'm looking forward to learning more about it, learning about your particular work because everyone that are all our mutual superhero friends <laughs> in our community here all just rave about your work. So this has definitely been a long time coming. We, we've actually kind of loosely known each other because uh, you reached out to me a while back at yeah. um, this conference that I spoke at and that the, just a lot of synchronicities kind of came up around this conversation so yeah yeah so um just tell us about your background a little bit like how did you get into the healing arts what was i guess the impetus for that and what drives your passion totally yeah great question so um my work out of school my undergraduate degrees were in music and in business so i wanted to do something in music that was my first passion so I went out and I ran music stores. I ran guitar center stores for a couple of years. And as a 22, 23-year-old, I was running 11, $12 million stores and managing a crew of, I don't know, 15 
people. So it was kind of this like big entrepreneurial slash business wake up, which is really fun. That job ended uh, in a in a less than glorious way, and I just kind of asked myself, okay, so you're in your early mid twenties. What do you want to do when you grow up? And I had three primary criteria. I wanted to help people first and foremost. I wanted to make a good living. And I wanted a practical application for exploring metaphysics. Mm. That was my passion. That was what I was most interested in. I decided if I could do anything with the rest of my life, I wanted to dedicate myself to understanding how the universe worked. So That's a good focus. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um, so I, I started researching ways to do that. I looked at medical programs. I looked at acupuncture programs. I applied and got accepted to a, a master's degree in Buddhist studies and just realized, like, what are you going to do with a master's degree in Buddhist studies? <laughs> you teach or, or you go meditate on a mountain, but there's not a whole lot else. Um, so when, when I started to research chiropractic, I started to understand some of the core tenets and I said, oh, this is just perfectly aligned. Like, I believe that. If you take all undue stresses off the body, the body pretty much does what it's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And there's an innate, in, innate intelligence in all of us that it animates our body, animates our lives. And if we can unimpede the flow of that innate intelligence, there's amazing things that can happen, both in healing and growth. So that led me to start to get all my prerequisites for chiropractic schools. So I didn't have any of that science. So I had to go back and do that started chiropractic school and then started as soon as I could studying network. Uh, I came to realize that there was over a hundred different chiropractic techniques. So I started looking at all these different techniques and started going to all these different offices to really see kind of what was out there. Um, and I found myself in a network office and I was just blown away and I started getting the care and my life changed and, and yeah, really amazing things have changed and shifted for me since then. Mm. So what, what, what led you into this modality Yeah, specifically? Yeah. So what I was looking for in um, a technique to practice was something that was going to really help people change their lives, yeah. not just get them out of back pain. Because mm-hmm. I saw so many chiropractors who the, the ultimate effect of what they were doing was helping people sit on the couch more comfortably. <laughs> and, and I just saw that and I was like, I don't think I'm really going to be happy doing that. Mm. And network uh, helps people identify patterns of stress and tension that are holding them back from experiencing a more full version of who they are. And these stress and tension Mm. patterns are locked into the fight or flight part of the nervous system, which is just kind of keeping a, a cap on the truth of who they ultimately are being. So I see in the office that if we can address this human from a physical, emotional, mental, spiritual place and really have a technique that speaks to all those levels, now we are really having a conversation about healing as a, a functional training for just upgrading life. Mm-hmm. And I'm about that. Like That's just yeah. so fun and exciting. And, and you work on someone for 20 minutes and you watch them get up off the table, not all the time, but some of the times, and just go, oh, wow. Like oh, That was a, either a big emotional breakthrough or I didn't know I could be this relaxed or... I had this thought that's going to set my business in a new trajectory or, or whatever it is. So wow. it's just, it, it's amazing work and more than it being amazing work. It's just, it's a blessing to me to be able to be a part of and be around. If we had a camera on us, there's a moment where I am aware that my whole energy and my whole face just mm-hmm. totally lit up because you're really speaking to my heart and I actually got a new insight in my particular trajectory 
while hearing you share, which is this, this model of optimization mm. and not just like from a biohacking or kind of a trendy optimize your life perspective, but really truly at the core optimizing this physical vessel. So our soul can come through. Totally. Right. And that's, that's, that's what I get from you. I mean, that's clearly what you actually just said mm. is, is, you know, really, when when we have these stress tension patterns in the neuromuscular system, they create holding patterns on the body, right? And it actually holds us hostage, and our soul can't really come through. It might like we have this dynamic internal tension or conflict, and and this emotional turmoil and stuff. It's trying to come through, but literally the physical body is incapable of housing it. Um, that's kind of what comes up for me as I, I listen to you share that. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly true. And, you know, my my perspective, and I'm sure many other people's perspective, is that this, the, the body is really the expression of the soul in this reality. So if we can have a body that really allows for the expression of soul, mind, and emotion, mm-hmm. now we have something that we can really make change with and we can go help other people with so getting a body that's that strong and adaptable and flexible and intelligent and uh capable is just it that's the deal yeah yeah man i love that (laughs) so um for everyone listening can we gloss over a little bit what are the actual differences between traditional chiropractic because a lot of people might not be aware yeah. um, I, I'm, I, I learned through my own kind of experience and research that the torsion the, tor- the twerking and kind of like the, the traditional model of unplugging subluxations in the spine through like twisting and twerking mm-hmm. can actually be very dangerous if either done improperly or just done too long. So I'm aware of certain, certain principles like elongation Mm -hmm. versus torsion where you're just expanding the spine and it naturally unsubluxates. Mm -hmm. Um, and your, in your, your modality that you practice is, is more energetically based if Mm -hmm. I understand it correctly. So maybe we could talk about what the actual differences are. Totally. Yeah, that's great. So, you know, ultimately the primary difference to me is, whether you see a structural chiropractor, a massage therapist, um, an osteopath, uh, there's a fundamental philosophy difference. If you go to see someone and the practitioner says, oh, here's the problem, let me fix it for you, Mm. your body learns that it needs to see someone to have its problems fixed. This technique is designed to help the body start to become self-aware and self-recognize its own patterns of stress and tension and learn to let them go on its own. So ultimately, my goal is to help the body take care of itself, help the body become more resourceful, and figure its own stuff out. And some people get that, and they clear their problem or their pain or whatever it is, and they go on their way, and they're they're great. Really, my goal is to, to work with someone if I like them and they like me for the mm-hmm. rest of our life. Because mm-hmm. what I know to be true about life is when you start to clear a certain level of quote-unquote problems, life, the universe... God gives you bigger and better problems so you can go out and be bigger and better and grow and heal and and serve more people. So I look at this as a constant scaling of like the type of capability and the type of 
resourcefulness we can have in the body. Mm. So totally different kind of way to look at the human experience and the healing process. Um, and, and then there's just like, when you look at the work, it looks different. So instead of me cracking and crunching joints, um, the work is really based on light contacts, uh, uh, very light pressure, mostly on the spine and this area in the, the neck and the sacrum. And the body, first of all, just relaxes more fully. The body starts to breathe more fully. And then later on the work, there's some interesting uh, waves that start to develop in the body, actual movement that happens in the spine as the spine starts to reorganize at higher levels of complexity mm. so it can handle more. Okay. And what, what, does it, what does it actually look like? Maybe give us a visual of when you're doing work on a – because I'm, I'm in your office right now and you have four – for uh, massage beds here. Mm-hmm. So typically a chiropractor would work on one person, in my understanding yeah. anyways, that might not be totally accurate, but would work on one person at a time. Mm-hmm. You can work up to four people at a time with a, within a coherent field. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and that's what we found, you know, we, and we have some beginning research on this, which is really fascinating, that the nervous system um, even when it's not observing, is actually learning what's going around, what's going on around it. Mm. Uh, so when you have multiple people in uh, a close proximity who are having healing experiences, there is just this kind of resonant energetic field that gets created. And uh, as there's a field that's created, the information sharing, the energy sharing, just becomes more effective and efficient. Mm-hmm. So it, I actually don't love working on one person at a time because I find that I have to work harder and they have to work harder. So it's just, it's really interesting in that way. And so, yeah, in in the office, I'll have, uh, you know, up to four people going on at a time. I'm making a light contact on them, um, giving them some instruction or something to pay attention to, telling them to breathe in a specific way, to pay attention to an emotion they haven't paid attention to Mm -hmm. for the last 20 years, (laughs) you know, whatever it is. And, And then they go through their breathing. They go through whatever it is sometimes break down, sometimes laugh, you know, whatever has to happen. Uh, I go on to the next table and, and then come back. Okay. Got it. One of the things you said before was that different modalities are largely based on philosophical differences. Yeah. And so does that mean that our philosophy influence, well, obviously influence, but our philosophy almost um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like it dictates the actual application. It dictates the, the application in some sense for sure. Um, most applications can be used in, in both ways. Um, and, and I'll borrow directly from my mentor, Donnie Epstein mm-hmm. on this. He has uh, a framework that he calls restore or reorganize. So restore says, say someone has shoulder pain and they say, doc, I have the shoulder pain. All I want is to go back to what it was like before I had this pain. And if you know the body, there's no reversing the arrow of time. Mm. There's no going back to how it was. The truth is that you have this pain in your shoulder and you have to kind of reorganize to a new level Mm. of who you are Mm. as a human being through the shoulder pain. And it may be that the shoulder pain is the fuel to help you come into closer understanding of what it's like to be in your body to have access to an emotional experience, to get into an office and meet someone that you didn't know you needed to meet. You know, there's magic, there's gold in this experience that the body's having. And if we seek to 
move through and, and reorganize at a higher level of complexity, now there's something completely different available that we never would have considered before. But if we want to restore back to what was before, most people, when they try to restore, they get to 70, 80 percent mm-hmm. of where they were. You keep doing that over the years and you get diminishing returns. All of a sudden you're at 50 percent mobility in the shoulder because you're trying to get to a place that doesn't exist anymore. That's really interesting. That's really interesting perspective. So it's like what I'm thinking of is this this difference between exponential progress and incremental progress. Yeah. And so most modalities are incrementally based, mm-hmm. right? Like most diets I see are based on increments and not based on quantum shifts. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and mo- like I'm just thinking of like the basic chiropractic application is like twerk, crack, da, 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 and it's like very incremental. It's very temporary, mm-hmm. temporary relief. Mm-hmm. Like you said, like people are being being alleviated of their pain so they can go back to what they're doing, which is largely influenced why they have pain, like sitting down for too long or sitting in front of the TV or whatever. Yeah. Um, my sense of this particular work is that it, it, it helps to shift the, the energetic dynamics, dynamics within the nervous system, um, that are based on exponential progress, um, and are very holistic and harmonic versus just like specifically going to one point of the, I don't know, the lumbar spine or whatever and cracking that. Mm -hmm. Um, but maybe that doesn't positively affect the holistic system. Yeah, it's spot on. And the, the way that I love to look at it, um, you know, th- this work isn't a magic bullet that takes away all pain. Right. That that doesn't really exist. I wish that it did in some sense, but it just doesn't. But what I see is that when someone comes off the table and they have less pain or no pain, it's not that we took the pain away. It's that who they are being, mm. the level of coherence and congruence in their physical, emotional, mental, spiritual state has upgraded to a new place. And most of the time when I talk to a person and the pain comes back, it's because they went back to being and trying to step into who they were before the old patterns of thinking, the old patterns of feeling, the old patterns of, of just self identity and persona reasserted themselves. And the pain exists in that state. It exists in that version of that human. And Mm. it's not necessarily needing to exist in this higher evolution, this higher kind of persona of who life is calling them to be. So this takes it in a whole different level. So we're not even really focusing on, the body as the primary focus. We're actually talking about a level of re-identification of who we actually are. So if I understand you correctly, our identity and the habit patterns that we have habituated to, um, let's take that just mostly on like a personality level, who we believe ourselves to be, which influences our patterns, that is actually what's creating the physical distortion and it's not so much just focusing on the physical body. So you're, so what you're saying is that your focus is that you're shifting the dynamics within who that person is being, which shifts the physical discomfort. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And and I will say, you know, network, no matter who you receive it from is amazing. Mm-hmm. And th- this perspective is kind of the one that I've personally taken. So what I want to be careful of is you go into another office in Tallahassee or someplace and mm-hmm. you know, that this mm-hmm. may not be the conversation. Um, 
And I thousand percent agree with that. You know, the pain often is state dependent. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's an experience of who we are in a certain state. And, you know, sometimes it's stepping into a new version. Sometimes it's shadow work and clean up. And sometimes it's, it's purely diet and they just need to get a handle mm-hmm. on that version of them that wants to eat burgers and fries and whatever right. it is, you know, so, but, but the context of, of exactly what you're saying is what does a quantum shift look like? And almost always from my perspective, that demands a step into a, a new persona, a step into just a new de- level of, of what this person is being called into. Mm, that's powerful. That resonates very strongly. Um, you know, they, they've done a lot of studies on schizophrenia mm-hmm. and split personality distortions or disorders. And so somebody could have chronic issues. They could have food allergies. And then they switch off into their, their alter personality. Or somebody can have many, many personality disorders. Mm-hmm. And when they switch into the other one, all of a sudden they don't have that the allergic effect. They don't have the physical pain. Yeah. It's really amazing. So that lines up perfectly with what I'm hearing is that your pain is often state dependent. Totally, totally. And, and, you know, again, just like you said, that's the nature of quantum healing is, Mm. is it's not like an A to B linear progression, a slow climb to a new place. It's if I step into this next version, then what's, what's available. And, and I'll say like the, the Tony Robbins says this, one of the, the, primary, uh, I'm going to butcher the quote, but we'll get close. Um, one of the the things that we protect the most is our sense of self identity. And that's what we hold the most dear and the closest because all of a sudden when we don't know who we're being, we get really freaked out. And the, the deepest anchor that I've seen in that is our emotions Mm. because the emotions are not culturally and socially valued. And because people have a hard time expressing them, when we start to shift into a new emotional realm and state and a new way of being and a new set and depth of emotion, there's a lot of shift available. And we need to have a neurophysiology that supports that. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, that, that's worth kind of taking a pause on <laughs> just, to, just to really feel into that. So our pain can be an anchor for our personality. You see this like in the psychology of cancer or diabetes or anything like that, that's long held in the body. It's chronic. It becomes part of someone's personality. You know, like they're, they're, they're a cancer survivor or they're a lifelong diabetic, mm-hmm. whatever, the, whatever the thing is. Actually, it actually gets interwoven in their identity Um, and they unconsciously hold on to that, you know, and then they, they get support from people or people wait on them. And then all of a sudden it becomes this enabling condition that could be healed completely, but that person is actually resisting the healing because there's an identity that's been created around that. Yeah, totally true. Totally true. And, you know, any, Anyone who's a cancer survivor is still fundamentally focusing on cancer. Yes. And there's, uh, I just want to state, you know, and and this is part of the context in which we met is I was actually doing coaching for people with cancer. And, and what I found was that 
there was so much of a shift that needed to be made mm-hmm. and so many deep disempowered states that people were looking for handouts and they didn't want to pay me as a, as a mm-hmm. professional to be working with that population. So, you know, what needed to decide, like, where am I going to be able to go? Where my work can actually be valued. But mm-hmm. yeah, there's, there's this whole kind of, um, self identity and, perspective on on who I am based on that diagnosis and the as you know I mean this is a rabbit hole we don't need to go down um the whole industry supports that you know every bit of testing is like where are you in the the five-year uh remission process and and all that it's it's madness Mm -hmm. and and for people who are in that state don't be too hard on yourselves (laughs) you know like it's not these viewpoints that we're sharing if they're evolutionary for you just take a breath and integrate them moment by moment mm. and just know that where you are is good and there's places to grow into mm. yeah and there's a there's a principle of spontaneous healing mm-hmm. right like the the possibilities of yeah it's what's possible like living in the possibility yeah rather than the imposed probability totally which is yeah you're going to have this for the rest of your life mm-hmm. Uh, opposed to you can actually spontaneously spontaneously heal yourself by making a decision. Yeah, and I find you know just from uh, from that perspective, and that could translate into goal setting. It can translate into anything around this conversation. Um, I found that the biggest resistance, oftentimes, is just that moment of making an actual decision. I'm going to decide that I'm healed. I don't need to wait for my healing any longer. In this moment, I'm letting go of all my self-defeating patterns and I'm healed. Yeah. And people do it all the time, um, which I find interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that perspective and I'd love to offer an additional perspective yes. if it's interesting. So um, I, I think that that's absolutely a, a critical path for many people. And I think that for those of us who are in the the healthy, holistic, and spiritual conversation, mm-hmm. sometimes people use that to bypass. That was good. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And, and especially for cancer, the immune system is so critically dependent on the emotion. And again, mm-hmm. I'll reference my mentor, Donnie. One of the questions that he's developed is, if the only way for you to survive and heal from this cancer was to be seen as a raging bitch or a raging bastard, would you be willing to do it? Mm-hmm. And we found that the vast majority of people say, no, I'd rather die. So they're unwilling to commit to the depth and intensity of rage or despair or whatever it is that's living in their system. That's really meant to spark the immune system. I see. Because that anger is saying, this isn't okay. I'm not going to do this anymore. We have to set a new standard. And that can be part of the process at some level of integration that you're mentioning. I'm not doing this anymore. And I'm willing to, I'm going to, I'll grab the sword and I'll march down the field and we'll get this, mm-hmm. you know, like whatever it is that they have to be experiencing, there's a balance of both those states of yes. And I'm healed and, you know, own knowing and owning that. And in the, in the absence of the, the evidence of that showing up in any given moment, mm-hmm. I'll fight this thing to the death. Right. Yes. That's, I mean, that's a great, that's a great perspective and it's a balanced one because mm-hmm. there is this, this, um, emotional, spiritual bypass, reality bypass thing going on. Totally. Like, and it's going on all the, all everywhere. Like people are just bypassing 
reality at every turn. Yeah. You don't have to be in the spiritual community to, to get that. Like mm-hmm. people are literally bypassing everything they can. <laughs> um, that, but that idea that like making a decision is not a passive thing. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh, I'm healed. No, it's, it's a powerful thing. It's like, no, I am absolutely healed and I am willing to do whatever it takes. Yeah. And that's, and I think people are afraid of that because there's uncertainty of what it's going to take. It's like, I don't know what it's going to take, but I'm going to make a stand that this is not okay. Totally. This is intolerable. Mm -hmm. And I'm going, whatever life brings to me, I'm willing to go through whatever, whatever it takes. I love that. And, and, and the word that just kind of like sparked for me is intolerable because how many people have you met with chronic diseases, cancer, or whatever it is, that had just kind of tolerated totally. stuff all their yes. life? They just kind of like were a little bit of the shock absorber or a little bit of the punching bag. Mm. And, you know, they, they mean well or whatever it is. And at some point, creating boundary and just saying like, hey, my mm-hmm. life is not about this. My life is about love and respect and integrity. And yes. it's just like a real honoring of, of who I am and who other people are. Like how healing is that? And I'm sure you've seen it over and over. I felt it. Um, so creating boundaries, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a, another part of this. That's so important that I find so many people have such a challenge with just setting healthy boundaries. Totally. Because there's this concept that we're all one and yeah, on a subatomic level, like, yes, we are all, fundamentally made of the same God particle matter. Mm -hmm. And if that story of, uh, of that, we are all expressions of, of the divine experiencing itself through Mm ourselves as reflections, um, that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I do believe that that's true. Yeah. And with that, there is this three dimensional physical world that we live in. So like, if I don't have any boundaries, and I'm in your space and we're like nose to nose, eventually that's going to get pretty annoying. Totally. No matter how spiritual or how enlightened you are, like that's, there's certain boundaries that have to be set. Totally. And none of us came here to be a punching bag. None of us came here to take on other people's um, laundry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, I, I love that you brought that up. You know, for those who are in the spiritual conversation, we tend to default into the the beautiful, lovely kind of non-dual perspective because it feels really good to know that that could be true. We are all one. We're all connected. We are part of the same uh, universal organism. And that is true. And we came here to do the solo individual human journey mm. to re-remember the connection. And if you can't hold both truths at the same time, one of them is going to fall apart. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I find I find that when people finally take a stand mm-hmm. and they exercise the repressed anger mm-hmm. and the repressed frustration, and they actually give it a direction yep. um, to create healthy boundaries, then all of a sudden healing does occur. Totally. Totally. And and. If you talk to someone as they're experiencing that or shortly thereafter, if they've got 10 years of anger built up in their system and they finally express it. And when we're talking about expressing anger, it doesn't have to be projection onto another human. Exactly, um, It's going to be in whatever way it has to move through. But 
they have a, a felt sense of vitality in their body mm-hmm. that they forgot about. That, <laughs> that energy just rushes through their system. It's yeah. like, oh my God, I feel alive. And it can be anger, it can be grief, it can be remorse, you know, mm-hmm. sadness, um, you know, all these different experiences. Anything that we're hanging on to, it's just going to become a bottleneck at some point. And, yeah. and it is really the, the fuel for, for more and deeper liberation. Mm, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So what does it mean to awaken the mystic? What, what, <laughs> what meaning does that have to you? Uh, I love it. You know, my perspective is that we live in a time where spirituality and kind of regular life are just starting to come back together. Mm-hmm. So simultaneously, we're in this moment where if we don't get our stuff figured out as a species, mm-hmm. it's getting pretty scary. You know, mm-hmm. if you look at some of the, the reports on, on what's going on in the ecology Certainly what's going on in the social and political space, you know, we're outpacing um, what our planet can support. So there's all of this to look at. And my sense is that if we don't start looking at that from a much wider, higher, inclusive kind of integral perspective, Mm -hmm. we're not going to get the vantage points that we need in order to really make a shift there. So I like to think of, of awakening the mystics as kind of the rally cry for the dormant spiritual human to come back into the center of reality with this mystic archetype in a modern context Mm -hmm. and start to have the spiritual conversation be merged into the day to day and politics Mm -hmm. and in family and in education without it being weird. It doesn't need to be weird. We just need to have great ways to talk about it and, and models for understanding what it is and who we are. So the, this is the first in a series of books, and this one is is interesting because it's kind of like a, a wake up. It's a little bit more poetic. It's like saying, "Hey, if you have some of these awarenesses, some of these tendencies, we need you. Mm-hmm. We need. We've got to get yeah. our gifts and our superpowers out there and working." And my sense is like the the way through this moment, this weird moment in time that we're in is everyone living in a much higher truth of expressing their soul gifts. Mm-hmm. And that's how all of this starts to shift. So that's really what the book is designed to do is, is help people re-remember that. And that alone can be magically healing. Totally. Totally. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's amazing. And that plays on, on a lot of relevant themes of archetypes. And, and I feel like there is this, this alchemist mystic, inside so many people that's so repressed it's so um put in the closet yeah and uh and and just like unacknowledged people don't even know what that really means in in the materialistic world view that's been kind of imposed upon us so i think that that's an amazing i mean it sounds like an amazing book and the concept and just get that message across to people i love what you just said that if you have these quirky tendencies of like mysticism and magic and enchantment and, and kind of are interested in that, that tells me that we need you. We need your gifts. And that gives people permission to actually express that where before they might have been, you know, told that that was something weird or silly. That's for kids, you know, whatever, whatever we were told by the adults growing up. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. And and one of my, my drives with this is to take it out of the, 
the purely mythic way that we've right. looked at it and yep. bring it into uh, a kind of conversation where it doesn't have to be weird. I mean, it's simple as you walk into a room and you start to notice that the energy is different because someone's in an emotional state. Mm-hmm. That's a gift. And that's a gift to be acknowledged and not to be repressed yes. and to be leveraged for greater skillfulness and connection and communication between the people that are in that room. And because it has to deal with emotions, people repress it. Mm-hmm. And there's all kinds of these just like day-to-day mundane things that if we were able to grab and, and use in a mm-hmm. skillful way and acknowledge that they're happening, and there is science that can support this. We don't have to separate these worlds out anymore. Yeah. You know, this is all really starting to come together. And there's stuff that's going to happen that does happen that's beyond the current definition of what science describes. And that's okay too. Mm-hmm. You know, so just having that destigmatized conversation of, yes. hey, bro, like you're magical and it's okay that you're magical. Right, <laughs> right. And it's, an, and, I, and, and it's a real conversation. Yeah. Not just saying that is some kind of like fun little uh i don't know new agey kind of thing like i'm actually serious like you have that's my that's these are the people that i personally got clear that i'm meant to serve and work with as a as a mentor Mm -hmm. is i'm i'm actually mentoring like the x-men yeah and i mean that like every single one of my clients has a unique psychic gift Mm -hmm. and it's like whoa okay hold on this is getting real interesting and this resonance that we have with comic book characters we have with the superhero archetype and, and with, with, you know, um, uh, J.R. Tolkien's, um, amazing books and just, just like that whole, that whole world of enchantment, right? Like, I think like, I think what people are really starving for is an enchanted reality. Yeah. And, and I love what you're bringing up is the simple fact that that doesn't have to be a mythological, realm that you escape into that can actually be your reality where the mundane actually becomes magical. Totally. Totally. Yeah. We are, we are deeply hungry for magic Mm. and magic is an inherent part of the universe. And I'm, I'm careful to say that because it became misconstrued in so many ways that again, it's non-scientific. It doesn't have to be that way. Um, and yeah, we, we have become so linear and so scientific and science has brought us amazing gifts, amazing, incredible gifts, and it's ready to be merged with something more inclusive and more holistic yeah. and less rational, purely rational and reductionistic. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's just, it's this really interesting time. And I just, I feel a call to be in that conversation, just being a, a kind of a wake up artist for people to remember yeah, how cool they I are. That. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's just going to be really fun to let people get into this book and, and see what happens for them when they read it. When does the book come out? Um, the plan right now is, is, uh, about two to three months. So oh, wow. there's going to be some, some content, uh, coming up on the website soon, um, that allows the opportunity for pre-order. So I'll give a little bit of, you know, like some of the, the, content of the book and nice. if it resonates with people then they have the opportunity to pre-order it before it's really fully available mm-hmm. um, but there's a, a big push because you know I'm just honestly for me spirit is saying hey bro it's time to get it out there let's, let's yeah. get this thing happening let's yeah it. yeah yeah I know that feeling yeah. very well <laughs> yeah that's so cool I want to um, with the time we have left I want to I want to converge this conversation 
in, in the most, uh, I guess, applicable or just inspiring way for everyone? Like, is there any particular insights around the work that you do and this idea of the emerging mystic? I really love the, I think that, and I think it's actually interesting because the particular work that you do is very mystical in a sense, right? It's, it's very grounded in science. Um, not that, you know, just on that note, by the way, like our idea of chemistry came from the ancient alchemists, which people seem to think is just some scientific or some spiritual metaphor for ascension. It's like, no, that was actually the basis of chemistry. Like this idea of transmuting lead into gold. Like that was, people were onto that. Sir Isaac Newton was trying to figure out the philosopher's stone. This is not airy fairy stuff. So like, I feel like there's just this, this on that note, like the work that I see you doing just kind of, it's like, it's this, this emergent, um, quantum leap in what chiropractic is Mm -hmm. in the model that we were given. It's just, it's just an evolutionary leap. Yeah. Um, which is, which has a mystical element to it, Mm -hmm. but it's also very kind of obvious and practical once you really get into it. Yeah. And, and shouldn't all magic really be obvious and practical? Like, wouldn't it be great if it just was? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So we're, we're moving towards that. (laughs) Um, but yeah, you know, like, I I guess if there was a, a, a tie up, a take home, um, it, it would be this and, and chiropractic has been the window through which this message of, of who I am and what I do has been expressed mm. for the, the season of life that I've been in. But ultimately my, my desire is to help people bridge the gap between where they are and where their soul demands mm. that they must be. So if you're listening to this, let's just imagine that the universe had you listening to this podcast just to receive this message that you have a soul gift to give and you can't sweep it under the carpet anymore. And you can't deny that there's something that has to happen, a shift that has to be made, a service that has to be shared with the world. And maybe it's time. I mean, I'm not telling you to to blow up your life and move to India. That's not what this is about, but maybe it's just time for you to recognize that the truth of who you are is looking for a wider and deeper and more full expression. And I'm just interested in, in hearing the stories come back to Ronnie on, you know, how that happened <laughs> for you after listening to this. So thank you for that window. That was, that's really cool. Yeah. 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 To have everybody, all of us included, like we all, it's, it's high time we gave ourselves permission to do something extraordinary <laughs> on planet earth yeah, man. and it's about time yeah. and it might be the time. Yeah. And, and there, <laughs> really? there might not be a lot of time. Left, so, <laughs> yeah. Like if you've got something in your pocket that you've been waiting to show, yeah. maybe it's it might today. be time <laughs> to reveal your cards. <laughs> That's it. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Wow. This was so much fun. Yeah, likewise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So much. Where can everyone find your work and more info? Um, two websites, drmattk.com, D-R-M-A-T-T-K.com and awakeningthemystics.com. Uh, that'll be the, the, the platform for understanding more about the book. Uh, so yeah, that's the easiest place to grab a hold of me. You can find me on social media too, less responsive there, but yeah, feel free to, to look at all my old pictures. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh man. Thank you so much for providing this uh, opportunity for a conversation. And if I know you, it's not just this conversation. It's been magical. There's 
uh, literally over a hundred of them that have been so deep yeah. and rich and valuable. And mm-hmm. I just want to, you know, honor and acknowledge and really appreciate you for, for putting those conversations in the world because that's, that's no small thing and people need it. So thank mm-hmm. you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for that. And it's totally my pleasure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>